You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Have you always wanted to hear the hockey stories told from the press box? For your premier source of hockey prospect news from across the AHL, NCAA, Canadian Hockey League, and international leagues, this is your all-access pass to The Press Zone, a hockey podcast packed with news, analysis, interviews, and entertainment featured on AHLReport.com. Your hosts, Amy Johnson and Rick Stevens, are experienced, credentialed hockey reporters, bringing you stories built from strong connections throughout the hockey community and from inside rinks all across North America. Welcome to The Press Zone. Hello, friends and hockey fans. Welcome back to this week's episode of The Press Zone podcast right here on the AHL Report Part of Rocket Sports Media, of course, and a proud affiliate of the Hockey Podcast Network. We are so glad that you are back with us again this week. And hey, if this is your first time listening, if you just found us, uh, welcome aboard. We're happy to have you here for episode 295 of The Press Zone. We are rapidly closing in on that 300th episode mark. How fun is that? Um, We've got a great show in store for you today. We're going to talk about Yeah. Uh, some action that the Laval Rockets saw this past weekend. Uh, they uh, they saw they spent a little bit of time in Ontario, in Belleville in particular, and uh, played a lot of hockey there. And so we're going to break down for you exactly how all of that went down, where they're sitting at right now in the standings. Uh, as far as it's funny, you know, the first half of the season, uh, we didn't really talk about the standings too much because it was a pretty known thing that they were at the bottom. <laughs> and and uh, that's uh, that's changed a bit since the holiday season. So we're going to take a look at that. And then, of course, as always, our good friend and Rocket Sports contributor Patrick Williams will be here uh, in the second half of the show to join me for this week's AHL Hot Stove segment. Uh, we're going to introduce you to... Um, the AHL player of the week, who is someone that Habs fans have actually seen in the NHL recently. Uh, and so we're going to talk about that a little bit. We're going to talk about how, and and we kind of remind folks of this every year around this time, how the NHL uh, trade frenzy and trade season affects the AHL as well. And, and, Teams in the AHL can either get a huge boost or can can really be faced with some big challenges as a result of trades that their NHL parent clubs make. Um, and that could potentially be the case uh, for one big trade that went down last week. We're going to we're going to talk to Patrick about uh, the players at the AHL level that were involved in that trade and what it means for the two teams. Um, and as as well as that uh, kind of going along with where Laval is sitting in the standings, Patrick's going to join us to also discuss just how tight the points race is in the North Division in particular uh, this season and at this moment of time. Um, there are some tight races all around the league, but in the North, it is uniquely and absolutely 
just a, a, a whisper of space between uh, between a lot of the teams in the, in the points race. So looking forward to that in the second half of the show. Uh, before we begin, if you're not doing so already, why don't you tap that subscribe button uh, so that you never miss an episode of the Press Zone here on the AHL Report. Uh, tap the like button if you're able to, depending on your podcast player. Most importantly, hit that share button and just take a second to share this episode on your favorite social media platform and goes a long way towards helping us to grow our audience and invite more hockey fans uh, to listen in and and be part of what we do here at Rocket Sports Media. So last week it was Belleville, Belleville, and more Belleville. And why did I say that three times? Well, because Laval played Belleville in Belleville three times in the past four days. They played Friday night. They played Saturday night. Then they stuck around and they played a three o'clock family day game on Monday. Um, So it was three games in four nights. It was a lot of hockey for two teams that are in the North Division. Uh, Belleville, after having a pretty hot start to their season, has absolutely been decimated by injuries and call-ups, particularly at the goaltending position. Uh, And they have quickly... Uh, sunk to the bottom of the standings in the North Division. So this was an important weekend for them on home ice. Uh, They needed to make up some ground against Laval, and this was a case where Laval really could have uh, taken the bull by the horns, in a sense, and really made some some progress pretty high up in the standings uh, if they had... um, taken a a very struggling Belleville team and just absolutely steamrolled them. That didn't happen, but they did come away with three of six points available. So they were 500 on the road trip, which uh, JFO will tell you, we've asked him before. uh, That is, that is the, the, you're, you're pleased if you can come back from a road trip with a 500. If you can, if you can get, if you can split the points that were available to you, that's at least that's acceptable, and that's that's a win to at least come home with half as many points as were available. You'd always like more, but if you can at least get half of the points available on the road, then that's then that's a good good place to be, and that's what they did. Um, now Friday night, uh, not great. They actually things were pretty close uh, between these two teams. Caden Primo and Net uh, for all. Excuse me, no, Caden Primo and Net for two of the three games this weekend. Um, Antoine Bebo in net for all three of Belleville's games over the weekend. However, he didn't play all three fully. We'll get to that in a moment. Um, so things started out for Laval okay on Friday. Uh, they scored the first two goals of the night. Uh, they had a nice lead. And then the second half of the game, things very tangibly shifted towards the Belleville end of the ice. Before the second period was done, the Senators had answered with a couple of goals of their own. Um, Angus Cruikshank has been uh, on fire for, for Belleville, and he's always very tough to play against, as is Roby Yarventi uh, and former Rocket player Jake Lucchini. And all three of those guys ended up playing a big part of, of things over the course of this weekend. It was Angus Cruikshank really... Uh, who who was who was the key player for Belleville on Friday night? So they tied things up two two uh, by the end of the second period. Laval uh, William Trudeau ended up scoring a power play goal in the third period to restore a lead for them. But after that, the Senators just absolutely took over. 
and scored three more goals in the third period to win that one five to three. It was a big boost to their confidence and and to to win like that, come back in the third period, get a big two points on home ice to start the weekend. Uh, it was definitely uh, a positive thing for Belleville and not such a great thing for Laval. So 24 hours later, the two teams come back, they meet again. Once again, the Rocket come out of the gates in the first period doing really well. And this was a case, it's interesting. That morning was when Corey Schooneman was recalled to the Montreal Canadiens uh, now that uh, Arbor Jacki is out of the lineup. Side note, by the way, if you have not seen my most recent episode of Habs Hockey Report on our YouTube channel, uh, that's at youtube.com slash allhabs. Uh, I invite you to go check that out, subscribe to the channel, but the most recent episode from this past week uh, is is titled Arbor Jacki Out, basically asking the question, who's the next man up? First guy I listed was Corey Schooneman, so I will shameless self-plug, <laughs> shameless self-promotion there uh, that I did, uh, did get that one right. But I also explored who else could have been uh, this was before we knew it was going to be Schooneman, and I explored some some strong possibilities of who it could be. Uh, it was Schooneman who was recalled on Saturday morning, and the rest of the defense uh, kind of really stepped up. And the second guy who I had mentioned in that episode was Matthias Norlander. Matthias Norlander has since gone on in that Saturday night game and the Monday afternoon game, and he has become a force. Now, Matthias Norlander had been out with injury for a little while, uh, and he has stepped up his game this past week in a very big way. Uh, I was even chatting with our with our editor-in-chief, Rick Stevens, about this, and he kind of chuckled to say, oh, is, uh, is Norlander saying, hey, I should have been called up. Let me show you why. Uh, he goes and he scores uh, a goal right off the bat in the first period of, of the Saturday night game. Madison Bowie follows with one of his own. Um, and Norlander and Bowie went on this weekend. There were assists galore. Those two have really said, hey, hi, here we are. We're here. Pay attention, uh, which is exactly what you want to see guys do given these opportunities and situations. Interestingly enough, Norlander and Bowie were the third pairing for uh, the rest of the weekend. So the two guys on the third pair contributing a whole lot. Uh, I think that says a lot for their for their competitive side. So Laval goes up 3-1 in the first period um, in Saturday night's game. And then again, second half of the game, the Senators take some, some momentum. Um, Roby Yarventi and Jake Lucchini, both a big factor. Lucchini with a shorthand goal, Yarventi with a power play goal. They manage to push this to overtime, so Laval does get a point out of it. But it is former Rocket forward Jake Lucchini scoring his second goal of the night in overtime to cap it off. So Belleville goes back-to-back with wins. They put up three points uh, on the board. Laval gets one. Uh, and then the two teams get a couple of days off. I should mention, in goal for Laval that night was Philippe DeRosier. They gave Caden Primo the night off. Uh, he frankly looked shaky on Friday night. Uh, some of his goals were a little soft. 
and maybe he was getting a little tired. He's been he's been the guy for a couple of weeks while Kevin Poulin has been injured. So uh, Philippe de Rosier at least got them a point. Uh, he didn't. I mean, he's he's a, a young ECHL goaltender uh, with with not a ton of AHL experience, and it certainly looked it at times. But the, but the team rallied around him at least decently. So then it comes down to Monday afternoon. Family day game, Monday, 3 o'clock. And Laval has had these moments this season where suddenly they just burst out of the gate and there's no stopping them. And I know I've said this before. I talked about this a lot at the beginning of the season because they had a number of instances where they would have a tremendously huge win. Like the, the, the goal margin is enormous and they can't sustain that. So you know, it's, you wish you could see the consistency of them being able to be as, as offensively productive as they can be on a more consistent basis. Uh, but they definitely did it on Monday and they did it in style. Caden Primo back in the net, Kevin Poulan backing him up. Uh, this was the first day that Kevin Poulan has been cleared for gameplay again. Uh, so Philippe de Rosier has since been uh, reassigned back down to Trois Rivières in the ECHL, uh, which means we should probably see Kevin Poulan in net at least for one of the games coming up this coming weekend. Uh, but Caden Primo back in the net, and boy, uh, it was maybe that that rest was the difference maker because he made some big stops. Um, of the two goals that he let in, one was definitely a screen that he couldn't do anything about, uh, and he he was the he actually was Belleville's first star of the night. Uh, he faced 41 shots and he only let in two goals. Uh, on the flip side of it, uh, Antoine Bibo. Uh, quickly went went down uh, a few goals, and then um, it. I mean, it's only like halfway through the first period or so. He was seen talking to the trainer on the Senators bench. Something wasn't right. He left the game, didn't return, and that put Logan Flodell into the game, who has. Uh, let's just say not played very much AHL hockey. So uh, the 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 Rocket took full advantage of this. They won this one seven to two. The kicker here is those seven goals came from seven different skaters. Um, everyone contributing here: Joel Teasdale, Brandon Gignac, Anthony Richard, Madison Bowie, Lucas Candata, Nate Schnarr with a power play goal, and John Parker Jones with a power play goal. His first goal of the season that was a big deal for him. It was a very big win for Laval. Uh, they come out of that with a seven to two win. And we're going to talk about, like I said, we're going to talk about this more in the in the next segment when Patrick uh, joins me here in the studio. But that has put Laval back in fourth place in the North North Division again, uh, with 51 points, sitting right in the middle, and they are <laughs> second and third place are tied just two points ahead of them. Uh, so it's now granted Rochester's just a point behind them and, and Cleveland is, is hot on their, on, on their trail as well. I mean, Cleveland has won seven of their last 10. So while the weekend didn't exactly start the way they would have liked it, it at least ended on a very big note. Laval now goes back to Quebec. I mentioned this last week. They don't play on Wednesday at all in the month of February. I don't know how... Who on the schedule-making committee did they bribe? Because to not have any Wednesday games all month means that every week 
they get a lengthy time of just rest and practice before they play a couple of weekend games. And that's, I mean, that's like an NCAA schedule. I mean, that's, that is luxurious for an AHL team. And so that will happen for them again this week. They will be back in Laval. They'll have a couple of days of practice and then they go on the road again. Uh, They will be in Rochester on Friday night. Again, another big divisional weekend against a couple of teams. I mean, Rochester is right behind them, just a point behind them. So they'll be visiting the Amherst on Friday night. That will be a highly competitive game. Uh, And then they visit Toronto on Saturday afternoon. Toronto, of course, has has kind of run away with the division this year. They are 20 points ahead of second place Syracuse. Uh, And so they're sitting pretty at the top of the division Um, But as we're going to talk about in the next segment with Patrick, uh, they lost a couple of players due to that big NHL trade last week, and it's yet to be seen how that's going to affect the Marlies, and is that a situation that Laval could take advantage of? We're going to have to wait to see, but uh, it promises to be uh, some exciting hockey coming up as Laval tries to scratch and claw their way back into the postseason this year. We'll see if they can do it. Uh, We are going to take a quick break. We're going to hear from our sponsors both at DraftKings and the fine folks over at Raycon Audio, uh, who has a special incentive just for the Press Zone listeners to take advantage of if you're looking for some affordable uh, and very nice sounding uh, earbuds. A little bit of a discount for you. So check that out. And when we come back on the other side, Patrick Williams will be joining me here in the studio for this week's edition of the AHL Hot Stove. You don't want to miss it. You're listening to the Press Zone Podcast right here on Rocket Sports Radio. NBA fans, it's time to bring the hoops action to the palm of your hand with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This week, new customers can bet $5.00 and win $200 in free bets instantly. Plus, for a limited time, all new and existing customers can get a no-sweat same-game parlay every day. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app today, opt in, and place a same-game parlay on any NBA game. And if it doesn't hit, you'll get a free bet back. Whether you're a fan of the Sixers, the Raptors, the Cavs, the Lakers, the Celtics, whatever your team is, you know, just line up a same game parlay and see what happens. Download the app now and sign up with code THPN. New customers can bet $5 on the NBA and get $200 in free bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA with code THPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. Void in Ohio. See show notes for details. Hey friends, you know, this time of year, everyone's talking about making big changes, which is all well and good, but most of the time pretty unrealistic. Like, you know, how many of us are really going to stick to that New Year's resolution that we're only going to eat salad for lunch every day this year? I doubt it. I've actually found that the smallest changes to your routine can make the biggest impact, In the same way, you don't have to break the bank to make a big deal purchase. Even the smallest things can be a part of a big change if it's something you use every day, like my Raycons. Raycon is premium audio at the perfect price point, so you can build great habits without breaking the bank. In the studio, whether I'm recording a podcast, whether I'm working as a voice actor, I have big, heavy studio headphones on 
for all of those types of things. The great thing about my Raycons is when I just need some casual listening for audio, if I'm working, if I'm writing, doing something like that, and I just want to listen to a podcast uh, like those here at Rocket Sports Radio, or if I just want to listen to some music in the background, my Raycons are wireless. They're small. They fit in my ears perfectly, which is always an issue for me with in-bud uh, earphones. So whether you're looking for a pair of everyday earbuds, low latency gaming headphones, or a speaker with a battery that will last all night at your next party, Raycons got you covered. And yep, Raycons start at half the price of other premium audio brands. So you don't even have to choose between products. You can get one of each or a pair and a spare and still pay less than you would with some of the other guys. Even if you know you'll love your Raycons as much as I do, Raycon wants to make sure you feel great about your purchase. They offer buy now, pay later options, and every purchase has an easy and free return guarantee. Um, some of the things I love about my Raycons, I love the customizable sound profiles, uh, tap functions on the sides of the earbuds. I love the awareness mode because I don't want to tune out necessarily what's going on around me. So you can turn on awareness mode, which allows some of the ambient sound around you in the room that you're in or where you're, whatever your environment is to seep in so that you can still hear what's going on around. They're water and sweat resistant. So if you want to use them when you're working out, that's great too. So are you ready to buy something small with a big impact? Go to buyraycon.com slash THPN today to get 15% off your Raycon order. That's buyraycon.com slash THPN to score 15% off. Buyraycon.com slash THPN. Welcome back to the Press Home Podcast right here on the AHL Report, part of Rocket Sports Media and a proud affiliate of the Hockey Podcast Network. So glad that you're with us here today. Once again, I'm your host of the show, the lead correspondent at AHLReport.com. My name is Amy Johnson. You can find me on Twitter at FlyersRule. You can also follow AHL Report on Twitter at the AHL Report. That's where you go to follow along with all of our live play-by-play game updates for the Laval Rocket. Uh, and of course, follow this podcast at The Press Zone. Uh, you don't ever want to miss an episode. Hit subscribe, hit the like button, leave us a, a five-star review if you could, and uh, be sure to share this podcast on your favorite social media platforms. Well, as promised and as expected each and every week here on the Press Zone Podcast, when we get to the second segment, we know that that means our good friend and colleague and contributor, uh, Patrick Williams, is is here to join the show. And he is back for another AHL Hot Stove this week, and we've got some really exciting things to talk about. Uh, Patrick, welcome back this week. Uh, good to be back. Um, it's been a busy week. Around the AHL, especially with the you know the long weekend, kind of throws things off a little bit, right? Like with that Monday schedule in there. Like, I could frankly do without Monday afternoon games. <laughs> I'd be fine with sort that. of yeah, but it's, it's a kind of yeah, like so that Friday was a little bit lighter than normal, which you know because of Monday now it kind of throws things off a little bit for this week. Yeah, so. Um, but we're bit, still here. A little bit of a curveball. Yes, we're still it is, here, but yeah. we're still here on time. 
and uh, we're going to have some fun today. We, you know, um, because of the All Star break, we actually took a took our own break for a couple of weeks in uh, discussing the AHL Player of the Week. But we're going to get back on that train uh, this week. Um, it's a shame Rick isn't here. We always know that he's he's very appreciative when it's a goaltender. <laughs> so this one goes out to him. But it's a goaltender um, who the Montreal fans of the Montreal Canadiens have actually seen this goaltender in game action in the NHL in recent weeks uh, when he got his first NHL start against the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, but he's back in the AHL for now. Uh, I, I can't imagine that he's going to be... Uh, presence in the AHL for too awful long in his career, uh, particularly when he puts up weeks like he did this week, and that would be Milwaukee Admirals goaltender Yaroslav Askarov. Um, just one goal allowed in each of his two starts last week. Uh, he went 2-0-0 with a 0.96 goals against and a 965 save percentage. That's, uh, that's a pretty solid week for a goaltender. Yeah, is that, is that good? I think it's. I think it, last time I checked, it's good. Told me that's good. Yes. So I think your sources are correct on that one. <laughs> yeah. So he's, you know, he's interesting because so that central division, um, you have him who eleventh overall pick. You have uh, Jesper Wallstedt, who's a twentieth overall mm-hmm. pick um, with Iowa. So you have those two facing each other, you know, on a regular basis. So it's the first time I can recall, I don't know how many years where. You have two first-round goalie picks coming in. Um, they're not rookies necessarily in the sense that they've played elsewhere in Europe, but AHL rookies. Um, and both kind of had like a similar start, right? Like you saw that early on they they struggled um, adjusting to the AHL game. You know, it's such a – it's a more physical game for a goalie, just the, you know, the cross ice and then just, you know, the traffic and the mm-hmm. jostling and all that. Um had a good chat with Wallstead about that very issue, and I'm trying to set up um, Star off as well, you know, for an interview. But yeah, it's just it's a it's a real challenge for young goalies to come in, and you know, even a guy who's come in with a lot of <clears throat> a lot of hope, a lot of expectations, with a good Milwaukee team, struggled early on come into this league. Um, that's not the case anymore, though. He's yeah. like he's figured it out. Like, so he only needed maybe half a season or so to do that at age 20 that bodes really well i think for his development and i think you're right i don't think he'll be too long for the ahl maybe they'll give him another year in milwaukee just to kind of round things out but yeah um you know he could very well be in nashville you know by what age 22 ish uh so um if yeah i think if you're nashville because young goalie development as we know could be very uh up and down very rocky and and frankly just completely go off the, the know, rails. rails. Um, but uh, for him, it's, it's been pretty steady. And like, once he figured some things out in the HL, like he's, he's taking it and just run with it. So um, very impressive start for him here. And uh, it'll be good for him now, I think, to kind of go through the pressure. They're, they're neck and neck with Texas there for, for first place in the, the, the division. It's going to be a tough division to get out of uh, once the playoffs do arrive. Uh, so if he can kind of put that team on his back a little bit, Mm-hmm. Uh, he has a good partner there with Devin Cooley as well. Uh, Milwaukee could be a very dangerous uh, opponent, uh, even for you know quality club like Texas. It's one of those you know we always preach patience when it comes to goaltender development in the AHL. We know that that is 
beyond a shadow of a doubt, that is the position that typically takes the longest uh, for, for players to develop in, uh, and that a lot of times we don't see goaltenders really coming into their own until their mid-20s. Um, but when you're the 11th overall pick <laughs> in, in a draft uh, in, in the last couple of years, that tends to kind of uh, advance. You're at a different tier, um, yes. and, and your your natural skill is going to naturally kind of rapidly advance your development just because you're in a different tier and a different level of your abilities. So I agree. I think we're going to see a scar off in the NHL sooner rather than later, but uh, at least we get to um, have some fun watching his, his abilities in the AHL for a little while. And, and yes, Milwaukee will probably be, uh, probably be uh, an interesting team to keep an eye on as we get towards the postseason. Um, right now, the thing that is really the interesting thing to keep an eye on that everyone's kind of biting their nails about is that each day that goes by, we are ticking closer to trade deadline day. Uh, we are just, as of today, we are, oh, just a week and three days away. Um, and we're starting to see here and there a couple of, of bigger NHL trades happen. We're seeing some guys come off the board already. Um, and... St. Louis, Toronto, and Milwaukee pulled off a three-team trade last week, uh, which we always love to see those multi-team deals and how the creativity of general managers all comes together. Two of the pieces uh, in that trade are AHL pieces of the puzzle, and that is that St. Louis acquired from Toronto uh, Marley's forwards, Mikhail Abramoff and Adam Gaudet. Um as, as part of the bigger package. And Patrick, I really kind of want to get your, it's kind of a two, twofold topic here. A, um, what that, how the Blues gain from getting those two um, AHL players per se, and, and how the Toronto Marlies uh, are now faced with a challenge having lost those two players. Uh, and then just kind of more of an overall picture of, of really, is you know the the forgotten effects and consequences of NHL trades is are those lesser known names that just get tossed in that are at the AHL level that people just say oh okay and they also got these guys well those have real effects uh, on AHL teams particularly in in the last third of the season. Absolutely, I mean you know like you just look at sort of the uh, the ripple effect right like so Springfield. Um, Right after that deal, they had Gaudet. Uh, Bramoff came a day later. Uh, in turn, uh, you know, because now you do have a spot in St. Louis open. Um, that meant Springfield lost Matthew Highmore and Nikita Alexandrov on recall, uh, as well as actually, well, Jake Neighbors was a couple days before that. But um, so th- there's that real shuffle, like both in terms of personnel and just in terms of also continuity, um, because anytime you're, you're that's four or five players that you're bringing in and out of the lineup. That means, you know, it's a very disruptive effect on the lines uh, that you, you built, um, you know, the, the consistency that you've been trying to get. I mean, we, we hear HL head coaches talk all the time, you know, consistency, right? Like that's mm-hmm. kind of the eternal quest for HL coaches to, to get some level of consistency from both individually and uh, on a team basis. Um, and you see why that's so challenging because here you are in February, you've sort of gotten some, some of that framework in place. And now let's say you're Toronto, 
take Adam Gaudette, seventh in the league in goals. Take Abramoff, another good young prospect, very useful forward. Uh, you take him out of the lineup. Uh, and then, you know, conversely in Springfield now, you're, you're also, you know, you have you know, players coming and going. So that, that level of uh, consistency um, is such a challenge at the best of times, but certainly now February with, with all the trades, uh, both the ones that actually happened and the ones that are you know, being discussed and speculated on, um, it's, uh, it's a real challenge, especially I think too with, you know, you know, players and coaches will say that they don't pay attention, but I don't buy that for a second. Um, you know, how could you not almost, right? Like if you're hearing your name or you're even your team in, in a lot of trade discussions and you're a player at the AHL level, you, you gotta be wondering if you're going to get, you know, that, you know, you know, that text message or that phone call from somebody, you know, your coach or your, your somebody in your front office right. at some point saying like, well, uh, here's the good news and bad news for you. Yeah. Right. So like, yeah, it's a real stressful time for, 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 for everybody, uh, you know, you know, player or, or coach. And, um, you know, certainly as we've seen, it can be a real boost. Uh, that happens four years ago with Charlotte. They, they got a huge boost. Um, down the stretch. Uh, and conversely, we've also certainly seen teams where uh, they're in a pretty good place. And then the NHL club meets a couple deals one way or the other, either they have to sell, uh, sell off prospects, uh, you know, to make a deal happen for, for the NHL club's playoff run or conversely, uh, the NHL club decides to start to strip down their roster, sell off uh, players. And then now you need to bring players up from the NHL club. So uh, there's a lot of different threats, a lot of different um, you know, potential avenues of disruption um, if you are an AHL head coach. And at this this stage, you know, for the next uh, week, week or two, you just have to kind of just buckle up and hope for the best. Absolutely. Um, and it's, you know, that's always the fascinating part. You know, it's it's you get some of these blockbuster trades. You sometimes even get trades that that don't even really move the needle in, as much in the NHL as ter- in terms of, you know, how surprising they are or what a big deal they are or the, the kind of level of, of players involved. But any time that you throw AHL players in the mix, um, it could upset the apple cart completely in the American Hockey League, um, you know, as far as teams, what positions they're in, how many points they have, and and, and whether or not they're gaining uh, some some really big talent that could help push them to the next level, or, or in Toronto's case, where they're probably um, looking at the standings now and saying, okay, well, we're glad we have a 20-point cushion on the rest of the North Division because we just lost two of our most productive uh, forwards, and so that's not to say that Toronto can't win games without those two players, but it's not going to be maybe quite as as simple and straightforward as it was for them before. And the thing too with with, with the Marlies and by extension with the Leafs is that so they lost those two players, but as as we know with the Marlies and the Leafs, um, they're always very aggressive um, in filling filling spots on that that AHL lineup. So mm-hmm. who knows what they may have cooking. Um, in terms of, uh, you know, bring somebody in, you know, veteran or acquiring someone on loan or what have you um, in order to fill those gaps. And then, you know, then that obviously would cause a ripple effect across the rest of the league. Absolutely. It's uh, it will be very fun to watch how all of this unfolds uh, over the course of the next week and a half or so. And I imagined uh, 
the not next week's show but the following week the the tuesday after the trade deadline i bet we're gonna have uh, some big ahl updates to talk about here on the hot stove um Speaking of Toronto being 20 points ahead in the North Division, just want to take a moment to look at and discuss how unique the situation in the North Division is right now. I mean, every division around the American Hockey League has their their leaders in the division, their basement dwellers in the division, and then there's typically kind of a, a race for points somewhere in the middle. But the North Division right now, Toronto has... has Toronto got out early and they've stayed out. Uh, they've they're at seventy three points on the season. They're having a tremendous season, a seven sixteen winning percentage. I mean, they they've had a, a tremendous first two thirds of the season. But number two and number three are tied at fifty three points. That's Syracuse and Utica. From second place to seventh place or last place in the North Division, there is only an eight point spread. You've got two two teams, Syracuse and Utica, who are tied for 53 points uh, for second place. Laval in fourth place is just two points behind them. Rochester's just one point behind Laval in fifth. And Cleveland's just one point behind Rochester in sixth. I mean, um, at this stage, you know, and you talk, Laval's comfortably sitting in, in fourth place right now. We know the top five teams in the division will, will advance to the postseason there's a lot of hockey left to be played, you know, 20, 20 some odd games uh, in general for each team left to be played. But in the North Division right now, an eight point race for six positions in the league, in, in the division, um, that's pretty unique. And that's going to, I I think, make for some very, uh, a very competitive final two months of the season. Yeah. So you have, uh, well, there's uh, four chairs and six people that want to sit right. down. Um, so, um, and nobody can really get any sort of traction. I mean, Syracuse won back to back this weekend, but uh, they've been on a five game slide. Mm-hmm. Um, Utica's right now lost four in a row, and the, they look kind of all over the place. Uh, they did not look good on Saturday night against uh, Syracuse, uh, giving up eight goals. Uh, that game was kind of a sloppy game, very, you know, a lot of defensive breakdowns, to put it nicely. Mm-hmm. Uh, Val, you know, as we've uh, you know discussed, you know, <laughs> very very often this season, uh, they're up and down. Rochester can't get any traction. Um, Cleveland won four in a row; they're looking good, and then you know they kind of have their their ups and downs. And then I think the wild card for Cleveland is, is the Columbus situation. Now, if Columbus really decides to, um, you know, take a take that roster apart at the NHL level, you know, do you lose a Jerry check? Mm-hmm. Do you lose, uh, you know, one of your goalies? Do you lose, you know, a couple other support pieces from Cleveland? All of a sudden, you know, who knows what, what, what's ahead for Cleveland and then Belleville, right? I mean, you know, they've been all over the place this year. I mean, they can't get any sort of stability in that. Uh, Sogard looks like he's uh, going to be up with Ottawa for the year. So, um, so that's at least one major, you know, part of your goaltending pitcher that's no longer with you. Um, and they had won four in a row, and then they they came out last, you know, yesterday against Laval and got blown out. So, um, you know, yeah, nobody can really kind of take the ball and run with it in that division. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the Marlies are kind of just sitting on the side. I think maybe having a laugh, but um, 
you know, they're 20 points up, but everybody else now is just, um, you know, just gonna, it's just going to be a kind of a, you know, a playoff fight right down, I think, to that final weekend or two. Uh, you know, that's what, you know, Syracuse coach Ben Gru always says is just get to March and be somewhere in the mix and then take it from there. And uh, I think that's what it, every team is, uh, seems apparently have taken up that advice because, um, just haven't seen anybody really able to, to either pull away from the group, you know, in terms of getting ahead or start to fall off. Just when you think Belleville was done, then they, they did come in. They won four in a row. Um, so um, this is going to be a real tight race. And as, you know, as we've discussed before too, as well, um, you know, there's, there's such a divisional heavy schedule for everybody yeah. that it's not like the NHL where, you know, if you're, five or six points out that that can be almost insurmountable here eight points is 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 not a, a huge gap to make up when you play no. so many head-to-head games it really isn't and it's you know i as i mentioned in the first segment i don't know who uh laval bribed on the scheduling committee to have an entire month of no wednesday games where they have a week of rest and practice every single week and just have have games to play on the weekend but I think they're they're trying to take full advantage of that in the month of February. We'll see we'll see how they do against Rochester and Toronto this weekend. But uh, it, no matter what happens, the North Division is going to be one to watch uh, down the stretch here for the last two months. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, you know, just I mean, that's exactly what NHL general managers want, right? Like mm-hmm. they want their prospects facing those pressure games. Um, might not be great for Toronto right now. They're kind of be coasting uh, into the playoffs. Yeah, you know, let so far ahead. Like so, that might be a little bit of a concern. I think if you're Toronto, and then you know, the last thing any GM wants is is your players playing off the strain for for four to six weeks. You know, down the stretch and kind right. of, you know, that can get real sloppy real fast. And you know, that's it's not a good situation for anybody, especially your young players. So um, this is what they wanted, and uh, apparently, it's what they're going to get. <laughs> that that is a fact well patrick uh always great to have you here uh bringing such a wealth of knowledge with you uh and and some very interesting things about things happening in the american hockey league i imagine when we meet here again next week it's possible we'd have uh, another nhl trade with ahl uh consequences and effects to talk about uh i would i would imagine that's going to happen but regardless uh we know there's going to be some exciting hockey coming up this weekend and look forward to talking to you about it next tuesday always a pleasure thank you as we move through the next couple of weeks leading up to the trade deadline uh what we just discussed uh what i just discussed with patrick there um and got some some great insight from him on uh, is going to ring true time and again as nhl teams make these big trades even small trades sometimes uh, there could be some serious effects, either good or bad, depending on which end of the trade you're on, uh, for AHL teams all around the league. And that could potentially happen to Laval as well. Uh, we know that now it seems that, you know, the projections are that Montreal is going to have a quiet trade deadline, which is really the exact opposite of what they needed to have. But unfortunately, uh, with injuries piling up and, uh, you know, it, Ken Hughes may have have kind of missed the mark on on getting some contracts moved out. So we'll see if if how much it affects the Laval Rocket, but it certainly will ring true around the league and it'll be it's always fascinating to see uh, the big NHL trades go down. 
But for those of us covering the AHL, there's a there's kind of a secondary feature to that is how are AHL teams going to get uh, a bit of a shakeup and and what does what will that mean uh, for the points race for the rest of the season? So we'll be uh, we'll be keeping an eye on that over the next two weeks for sure. Uh, thank thank you again to to Patrick for being here with us today. Thank you to all of you for tuning in and listening to the Press Zone each and every week. Uh, we do this for you. We wouldn't do we can't do this without you. And we're so glad that you are here with us every week. We appreciate your support of Rocket Sports Media across all of our platforms. Um, be sure if you're not doing so already to subscribe to our NHL focused podcast, our flagship podcast. That's Canadians Connection. You can find that at Canadian connection.fm that's hosted by rick stevens and michael spinella every saturday so be sure to check that out and be sure to come back again next tuesday right here for another terrific episode of the press home podcast right here on rocket sports radio click subscribe to never miss an episode of the press zone on rocket sports radio Visit AHLReport.com for the latest news on hockey prospects.